Welcome to Six Count. I'm your host, Zara Wild, bringing you the jazz and swing scene from the Capital Region. Joe, thank you so much for speaking with me. It's a pleasure to uh, be with you here today. Yes. In this portico here out of the rain. <laughs> we are sitting on church steps because yeah. Lark Street can be a bit noisy. But I do appreciate you talking about your career with me today. I know you from Speakeasy 518 in downtown Albany. And you were sharing with me earlier that you used to play solo, but now you play with some other guys. Can you share a little bit about what your band looks like now? Yeah, the schedule now is um, on the first Saturday of every month, I play at Speakeasy with a trio and it's it's different configurations sometimes it'll be guitar bass and drums and sometimes it'll be guitar organ and drums hmm. and the last couple times it was guitar um, keyboard and bass so it's 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 different and how might you describe the kind of jazz that you do my style has been characterized as a post bebop style so charlie parker and dizzy gillespie were hmm. the kings of the bebop era this would go back into the 1940s. The music that came after, that's, that's the type of music we play. Who would you say have most influenced you as a jazz musician? Well, certainly the other guitar players. Um, I grew up listening to uh, George Benson, Pat Martino, Kenny Burrell, Joe Pass. Those are probably the big four that I always harken back to. And uh, to this day, I started playing the guitar before I was 10, and I, I still hear their music coming out from under my fingers uh, almost every day. Mm. West Montgomery is another big one. I think some might say that the guitar seems to indicate the style of the music that you're going to do, but on the other hand, you might argue that the guitar is an instrument in which all sorts of expression is possible. So where would you lie on that spectrum? Well, I, I agree. It's a very um, idiosyncratic instrument. It's, it's an instrument that has sort of a split personality because it's a folk instrument and it's also an instrument that serious uh, scholars and composers are interested in. So you have that dichotomy. And um, I don't know, I guess I, I, started pl I started with piano lessons and then shifted to guitar when I was like nine. So. Well, that's interesting. And do you teach now? Yes. I started teaching guitar when I was probably 11 years old. <laughs> wow, so you got interested and then very quickly were well, learning and Well, you know, teaching. what happened was uh, something called the Beatles were on uh, the Ed Sullivan show on ah. television in those days. And this was the biggest thing anybody had ever heard, oh, heard sure. of. And before that, there was Elvis Presley who played the guitar. And then when the Beatles came out, a whole new generation of people wanted to buy guitars. Hmm. So they sold a lot of guitars that year, or for those few years. And uh, of course, nobody knew how to play them. <laughs> so I tried to, I was teaching the other kids in the neighborhood how to play these little chords on the guitar that, that they could, um, then they could fake their way through a Beatles song. Hmm. Is that they, what they all would ask? I want to learn this song. Yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a big thing in those days. Um, and, you know, the Beatles are still very popular today, but it, it's hard for people to, to believe how, the craze and the pandemonium that these people created. Hmm. They were so popular that people were just going nuts with these guys. And it was called Beatlemania. Yeah. And um, uh, that's, I was already playing the guitar at that point, so that, that helped me as an instructor to establish myself with, with um, students. And was there a point where you 
wanted to transition away from the Beatles and get more serious about jazz, or is, is it something that is kind of fun on the side? Well, I guess I, I grew up, um, I was listening to my father's uh, record collection. As a young man, he had worked as a radio announcer in Connecticut, mm -hmm. and he had a, had a music show, and he would play records and talk about the records. And then he would also appropriate all these records that the radio station was done with. Hmm. So he had lots of records. That sounds like a great setup. And that's what I grew up listening to. And there were things, things like the singers that were popular, like Nat Cole had a guitar player named Oscar Moore that I listened to, probably in utero. <laughs> yeah. There was music in the house before I was born, obviously. Then there was also a piano in the house, which he played. He taught me to play the piano a little bit. But um, yeah, I guess uh, the Beatles, I was already sort of into jazz as a listener. I first graduated from college, I had a music degree, but I, I knew I didn't want to uh, get a master's and get a New York State teaching certificate and go teach at the local high school or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I just went on the road with different bands and I, I traveled the country for about 10 years. Wow. Which was, at, you know, it's a lot of fun when you're in your 20s. It's, it's not bad at all when you're, you're single. And, but then, um, then I met my wife, and you know, I said, well, maybe I don't want to travel all the time. Did she have a similar opinion? <laughs> <laughs> and so, so now, then we, we relocated back here to uh, upstate New York, which is where I grew up. And I just began to concentrate on um, local performances in my private teaching practice. And then, you know, that's very satisfying to me. I'm perfectly happy with it. Um, you know, people that travel all the time, you, there's no denying it. It takes a toll on your personal life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to keep a marriage going when one person is away all the time and it can't be denied. So um, I'm, st I'm still married and I'm still very happy with uh, my musical endeavors. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, there's so many different roads that musicians take. And, you know, mine was. Uh, you know, I traveled a lot for, for a while, but I, I knew I didn't want to do that forever. There are people who do, but I didn't really want to do that. And as you were speaking to, it sounds like you don't have to go elsewhere to have a pretty busy schedule and have events to go to and different jobs. Yeah. There, there are a lot of good opportunities to play in this area, and there are a lot of opportunities to, there are a lot of great players, and there are a lot of uh, people that you can record with and this sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I've been very, very satisfied being here in, uh, in the Albany, New York area over the years. And when you traveled in your 20s, where all did you go? And was that the last time where you dedicated a big portion of your life to traveling, or have you done it since? Well, that, in those days, um, there were a lot of hotels and resorts that had music uh, six nights a week, five nights a week, that sort of thing. Mm. So you were playing um, five and six nights a week. Wow. which is a lot of playing. And uh, typically you would play in a hotel for uh, two, three, four weeks, or maybe there'd be an extended stay of nine, 10, 11, 12 weeks. That makes me think of Some Like It Hot with Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I traveled throughout the United States and Canada in a wide variety of situations, not just resorts and hotels. I, pl I played every conceivable situation, uh, concerts, clubs, cruise ships, everything. That's, and, um, you know, though, one of the things that dawned on me was, um, you know, 
I wasn't getting any closer to my, my jazz aspirations, even though I was working and supporting myself and playing a lot. Hmm. I still, I wasn't really, you know, getting any closer to, to the jazz ideal that I was, I had in my, my mind as a goal. And what was that ideal like? Uh, to, to record and play concerts and clubs and that sort of, and just okay. to, to concentrate on the jazz style rather than, you know, the somewhat more commercial styles of music that, that you are, are playing when you're in a resort or hotel situation. Hmm. Something more focused and personalized for you. Uh, yeah. So then, so that that's why I was really glad to finally make the make the big switch from from playing in that that type of a setting, and giving up, you know, all those those nights of playing are, are very valuable. They make you a, they turn you into a great player. <laughs> to be re- resilient enough to do it. Yeah, every they night. they bring they bring your playing up to a very high level. But it's not the best music in the world. So and it wasn't really what I, what I had my heart set on doing. So by the time I was eh, my early 30s, I was pretty much done with that. And then I was back here just playing around the area and then that sort of thing. Okay. And who would you say, who else in the Capital Region do you frequently play with or are influenced by, record with? Well, I, I play, there's an organ player on this album called uh, John Leroy. <clears throat> I played with him a lot over the last, say, five or six years, and he is a wonderful player. And uh, I grew up listening to these uh, guitar, organ, and drums records, and a lot of guitar players did that. Now, I always said to myself, someday <laughs> I'm going to meet an organ player who's going to be terrific, and I'm going to play with him, and I'm going to record with him, and it's going to be great. And so I finally did. And I, so he's one person that I really like to play with. Uh, there's a, another fellow named Mike Benedict who plays uh, the drums and the vibes. And I've, I've played with him a lot over the years. He's been very um, instrumental in bringing uh, guest artists into uh, the Albany area. Hmm. Who, uh, who are some notable Ralph Lalama, uh, Gary Smullyan, uh, Joe Locke. It's a long list. He's, he's really done, done the area a great service by bringing people like that into the area. So I'm very uh, happy to be able to play with him from time to time. I'm also playing in a big band um, that's led by Phil Allen that Michael Benedict is, is part of. And uh, we play in different concert settings around the area. We have a concert at a place for jazz this coming November. Oh, great. So I'm really looking forward to that. That'll be fun. I actually spoke with Tim Coakley last week. Well, Tim is one of the godfathers of this area when it comes to jazz. His jazz show has been on the air for 30 years. He, maybe he mentioned it to you. I, I'm yes. guessing about W-A-M-C. 30 years. And um, he's just wonderful. He has an encyclopedic knowledge of jazz. His his uh, just the the his personal history and his um, recollections and the storytelling is just <laughs> just amazing. And, yeah, I just saw him last week because we, we played a concert in Schenectady and he was there. Okay. So, um, he yeah, he's one of the pillars of the jazz community. And uh, he was very nice to have me on the show uh, a couple of months ago when the, the CD was released. We spoke about it for a while, played a couple of tracks. And, and uh, I think he's the greatest. Hmm. We'll be right back with Six Count 
I'm your host, Zara Wild. Stay with us. We'd like to thank Giants of Jazz Radio, based in Lancashire, England, for airing this show. The station brings you the best in classic jazz, playing tracks from the 1940s through the 70s. You can support the station by visiting their website at giantsofjazzradio.co.uk and clicking donate. And now, back to the show. Now, do you like playing in bigger bands, or do you like the smaller band feel, or depends on the mood? Uh, well, I love them uh, for different reasons. Um, I love playing solo guitar because I can play, I can go anywhere with a, a solo arrangement. I can change the, the meter, the style, I can play a medley and go into another song. And you could never do this with another musician because they would look at you funny and like, what in the world are you doing? Right. You can't do that. Then, and I also like playing uh, trios because the guitar uh, plays all the melodies and does all the improvisation, the solos and that sort of thing. So you have a lot of room to stretch out as a soloist in that context. And then I, I just dearly love playing in a big band because just the sheer power of the sound, when you hear all that brass, it's just amazing. And so I, well, I, I wouldn't want to have to pick one. <laughs> well, that's probably not fair to make you choose. <laughs> no, it's just that there are three things that I just love very much that I'm very passionate about, and I, I, I wouldn't want to have to do without any of them. Um, would you say that there are a lot of moments where you still feel like the music takes over everything and it's almost like a transcendental kind of experience? Yeah, you get carried away with it a little bit, you know, especially um, in performance, I'd say. It's almost like I'm channeling something. It doesn't happen every time, it, not even every other time, but when it happens, it's, it's magic. <laughs> it's like, well, where, does it, where is this coming from? It's just, wow. And that's really what, what, you're, what you're hoping for event, eventually, or at some point, you'll tr it'll be somewhat transcendent. And you'll be um, taking, you know, everything you've listened to in your whole life, and it'll come out in a different way. And that—that's the the spirit of creativity, spontaneity, and that's that's the heart of improvisation. That's the imperative of improvisation: is to be fresh and new. And you don't uh, you don't want to play something anybody else has ever played. It's got to be something that's your own. Well, it's one of the things that, uh, that we do, that students always do, I encourage them to do it, is you copy other musicians, okay? Mm -hmm. You listen to them very, very closely, and then you learn how to play it exactly like they did. But, but once, you, once you digest all that stuff and assimilate it, then you can really, then you can really create. It gives you a repertoire from which you can then um, create other... Sure. forms of expression it sounds sure. the, the repertoire is very broad there's there's just tons and tons of it like I said you won't live long enough to even hear it all there is just so much of it so you do have to be somewhat of a specialist and you know have some uh, stylistic focus hmm. and in, in my case um, you know I have a, I have a certain style that, I, that I'm comfortable with and um, that, that I'm somewhat known for I guess I don't know You'll get the idea when you hear the album. <laughs> yeah, well, I look forward to hearing more. <laughs> Joe, thank you so much for talking to me. My pleasure. Yeah. 
Thank you for listening to Six Count. I'm your host, Zara Wild, and that was Joe Finn. This show is listener-supported. If you're interested in contributing to the project, you can find the link to our donations page on our website at sixcount.simplecast.com. Your support is greatly appreciated. You can let me know what you thought of the episode or who I should speak to next by emailing me. I'm at sixcountpodcast at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter at sixcountpodcast. Thank you.